to Lucia Gabriela TV, the place to be if you want to learn everything and mostly everything about love, relationships, sensuality, sexuality, purpose, and passion. I am Lucia Gabriela, your host today, and we have a special guest with us. And I'm going to be reading to you his bio, which is fascinating. And his name is Brian Reeve. And maybe some of you know him, and maybe some of you don't know him, but I've been following this uh, amazing man for a while, so it's very interesting. Okay, so Brian Reeve is a former U.S. Air Force captain and has survived multiple dark nights of the soul and now coaches men and women and couples to create thriving life and relationship. My favorite topic. He's the author of the vile blog, Choose Her Every Day or Live Her, and two books, The Sex, Flirting, Dating, Hunting, and Hoping Diet, cool, <laughs> and Tell the Truth, Let the Peace Fall Well Where It May. My English, sorry. But okay. connect on Facebook with Brian, and also check him out at www dot brianreef.com so let's welcome brian today to a show thank Woo! you for coming hi hi. Hi. hi um thank you such an honor to have you in our show uh congratulations in your life and um thank you 2017 i know it's gonna be fabulous fantastic yeah, I i'm feeling it i'm feeling it this is a big year this is a good year you feeling it Yes, I feel it's going to be awesome. I, my favorite word is orgasmic, so I feel like 2017 is going to be super orgasmic. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. 2016 was such a, seemed to be, a, for the consciousness of humanity, seemed to be heavy for a lot of folks, and I understand. Um, but I don't know. There's a new energy releasing. I know a lot of people are scared because of the political situation and everything, but, you know, I, Sometimes things need to get a little worse before they get better, but I feel very, very excited for, for 2017. Yes, and if, uh, when we work in um, in alchemical uh, process, we know that we need to purge everything that does not serve us anymore, and so important to realize that everything that has happened to us in our life is a purging process. So I'm so excited about 2017 yeah. and 2018. They're going to be incredible. So... For all of you who has joined us here today and who may be watching this recording, um, today we're going to be talking about this great topic. When Brian sent me this topic, I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting. I want to learn more about it. From a woman's perspective, I actually love and I adore men's opinions about relationships. Because one thing is sharing how we can relate with others from a woman's perspective, but it's too uh, inspirational and powerful to learn from men, and especially evolved men like uh, Brian. And it, you know, it's a new concept having like evolved men and evolved women. <laughs> so, so I'm talking about men who are very mature, but also they are into the heart. They are into feeling the emotion, the body, feeling the essence, and really walking a life of exploration and transformation. So it's really amazing for me as a woman to hear what men has to say. So the topic today is about why her anger doesn't have to make sense to you. <laughs> so let's start with that. 
Oh my God, you might as well start with that question. Why her anger doesn't have to make sense to you. Oh my God, I feel like there's a lot of stuff to unpack before we even begin to, to get to that. But well, let me ask you, are, are you in relationship right now? Yes. Um, yes. With a man? Yes. <laughs> I love men. <laughs> How long have you been in the relationship? We've been together for two years now. Two years. Do you ever get angry at him? Yeah. When he, <laughs> <in the game. laughs> yeah. I want to just look look how excited you were when I asked you that question. Like your eyes lit up like, yeah. Like you're you're excited that you get angry at him. You know, one of the things that um so my girlfriend, I'm in a relationship also for uh, a year, about a year and a half now. And uh, my girlfriend, she's also a, a marriage and family therapist, and she's amazing. And we, we have so much self-awareness and awareness around these dynamics. And, but we're still people. We're both just people. We're both humans. I'm a man. She's a woman. You know, we, we, we're just people. And um, uh, so we, we have a lot of fun with these dynamics. But sometimes, you know, we have our moments. And, and you know, she's angry at me regularly it seems like anger is just part of the human experience it's part of the full range of feminine expression in a, in a man or a woman right that feminine emotional feminine energy uh is 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 all of it is the whole emotional spectrum and you know i i in my past relationships many years ago i'm, I'm 42 years exquisite thank you and uh in my past relationships Women were always angry at me. My girlfriends were always angry at me, and I never understood why the hell am I making women angry. I don't get it. What the hell is happening here? I'm a good man. I'm a good person. I'm a good dude. I mean well. I'm always, you know, trying. I'm trying to see the best in every situation. Like I'm, I'm I've always meant well. So why were my girlfriends angry at me so much? Right. And um, this really puzzled me for, for so long. And, and, you know, the last six years or so before I met my, my current girlfriend, I really dove into that masculine and feminine dynamic. Like, what was I missing? What didn't, what, what, what wasn't I taught about intimacy, about the dance of, 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 of intimate relationship that clearly is sabotaging me? Right? It's like, what the hell don't I know? I, I, I just refuse to believe that I was going to suck at relationships for the rest of my life. And, you know, what I discovered in that was, you know, we live in a very 50-50 culture. You know, women are, are very empowered in their masculine capacity to, to produce and accomplish and succeed and make money and, and solve problems and and. and and that's a really good thing. That's really healthy. Um, but, but men and, I should say, and men for the last many decades, we've been learning to kind of get out of the way and, and sort of let women kind of take the lead a bit more and, and, and you know, to, to learn to do 50-50 partnerships, you know, shared everything, responsibility, shared everything. And that was my model uh, growing up. For, for what a what a successful couple looks like. It's all 50-50. And so that's what I tried to do in my intimate relationships. And um, are you are you uh, from South America? Yes, from Ecuador. Which, from Ecuador. So, um, I, you know, I happened to date a woman from Chile uh, for about four or five years. 
and she was not having this 50-50 <laughs> relationship stuff. <Yeah>. <laughs> she was not having it. And uh, but I didn't understand what the hell was going on, right? But you know, yeah, you you laugh because you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. And so, you know, that that relationship was really my first real exposure to to this idea that maybe men and women are different. And I totally resisted that. I refused to accept that we're different because I associated that with meaning we're not equal. Right? And 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 I just know that that's not true. Of course we're equal in our value and our worth and in our humanity and and but what was going on there was she was pointing at what she was aching for, which I only woke up to later, was she was aching for a masculine presence that I wasn't offering because no one taught me how. I didn't have fathers showing me how to do that, how to really offer heart-connected masculine presence. All my examples of masculinity were really pretty awful. You know, they were the, the guy that just uses women or uses alcohol or, uh, you know, just makes money at the expense of others. Uh, or there was, you know, the, 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 the movie uh, superhero, the superstar, again, that just got all the women, had all the bravado and swagger, but he was also kind of a dick. You know, or, or the same, the professional athlete. Same, my models for masculinity were really grotesque. And I was also in the military. I was a military officer where I still, I got reinforced with this idea of masculinity as just a kind of a killing machine. And I just, you know, I just instinctively knew to reject all of that. And so when I did intimate relationship with women, I didn't really know how to show up as a man. And my, my, my girlfriends, they felt that that was hurtful to them. And, 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 and if most women, I don't want to speak for you, but you can corroborate what I'm saying. Uh, most women have not grown up in, have not grown up surrounded by safe, healthy, masculine energy. Right, you've grown up exposed to really dysfunctional, disconnected masculine energy. Right, yeah. so you, you you grow up in a world you, that you don't feel safe in, and so you've learned to create your own safety. Mm -hmm. Right, to bring your own masculine energy, but when you go into intimate relationship, <clears throat> you're aching to surrender that, to let that down, so that you can just give your gift and be in your your beautiful feminine offering and and relax i mean this is why we do intimacy to exchange these energies this masculine and feminine dance and 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 as a as a you know most women not all but most women are more predominantly being more predominantly feminine you want a partner whether a man or another woman who's more masculine but you want a partner that you can relax with and let that guard down with. But when you're with a, a man who, or woman for that matter, that you're expecting that kind of masculine presence and you're not getting it, you, you have to stay in your tension, stay in your, with your guard up. And, and the women that I would cho chose, they didn't, they, that wasn't good enough for them, right? So their anger would reflect. Now they didn't know what they were saying. They didn't, they didn't really understand either what they were really asking for or, or they asked for it 
in really unhealthy ways, really unskillful, I should say, unskillful ways. Um, they were demanding me to kind of grow up and be a man. <laughs> my, my Chilean girlfriend said that many times, which I just took, it was very offensive actually, the way that she was communicating it. Um, it was very, because it, it was just total criticism. Right, it just came off as criticism. And so, you know, we created this dynamic where she was dying for masculine presence and I was totally resisting her way of asking. Right? And so it just perpetuated her anger constantly. And, um, and, and she wasn't the only woman that I experienced that with. And so, you know, I, I'm just, I'm sharing this, this part of it. Uh, there's a whole other conversation about even just in a healthy dynamic, anger is going to be present. And, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but I want to just really kind of bring this to the forefront first for any you know, men that are watching or women that are watching. Like, you know, there's a real phenomenon where, where men, I'm 42, I don't, I don't think I really started learning how to be a, a, a man in my body, in my presence until my late 30s, really even just I'm still on that journey now in my early 40s. And I think a lot of men, that's what we're experiencing. We don't really wake up to what it means to be a man until we're in our 40s. And it's usually because we've had enough women make life miserable for us <laughs> that we can't avoid it anymore. And, and I, I, I honor and I appreciate you mentioning this because the reason why I got in touch with you is because uh, your name shows up in one of the communications I had with uh, Destin, who is yes, a yeah. colleague of yours. And that was, has been my question for um, many mentors and uh in the field and professionals in the field because like you mentioned yes uh we don't know women and we, we come into this environment and we are not feeling safe you know there's not the mature evolved masculine beautiful energy you know being yourself being the essence of the masculine and and we don't feel safe we don't feel secure we don't feel this or so we have to provide and i understand that we also self-responsible and self-accountable to create on safety within ourselves, but it's important to also see the reflection coming out from the outside world. And when it comes to the topic of men being in the masculine, we crave for it. And I'm, I'm telling you, it is something that even in my own in my my own journey, it is something that also exploring with my partner in aspect of masculinity, because, um, like you said, like men and women we don't know we're exploring you and i we're exploring we're sharing with the world our explorations and and i tell you from a woman point of view perspective and of all women in aspect that i'm like so conscious it is so powerful for us for women to to be in the presence of a powerful strong like masculine not the way that people you know society painted but these like these yeah. is fully essence of the masculine we crave it yeah. We, we're craving it and there's so many women craving for it and they don't know what to do, how to ask for it. And men also don't know what to do. Like they don't know how to get into that journey. So it's so beautiful that you bring in that because we are craving it. Women, we are craving this masculine energy. Yeah. And your anger is both understandable and appropriate and necessary. If we're going to wake up uh, again, the only reason I even, 
got awareness that I didn't know what the hell it meant to be a man and how to be a man. The only reason, the only way I got awareness was by enough women in my face kind of, you know, screaming at me <laughs> that they're not, that this isn't working for them. Right. So, I mean, that, that's in the intimate dance, but also I think in the world at large, you know, even what's happening with, uh, with our politics right now and the presidency, I think, you know, a lot of women are speaking out and they're doing a March on Washington and, and, you know, uh, it's so appropriate that women express their anger in the face of adolescent masculine bullshit. We're not going to wake up otherwise. We will not, you know, we don't have rituals anymore that, that evolve, that initiate adolescent boys into manhood. Mm -hmm. We don't have those. And so we have adolescent boys that remain in their adolescence in male and man bodies, but they remain psychologically adolescent for for decades if not their entire lives um because there's there's not that there, there's, there's no accountability they're not being held accountable they're not even confronting the, the things that we that that you know every boyhood to manhood ritual involves a, a symbolic death the death of that adolescent psychology so that the man psychology can emerge the the, the man psychology meaning you know, the psychology that's connected to heart, that serves the community, not just my selfish, selfish, self-centered desires and needs, right? That's missing. And it's, it's really, it's come down to, to women um, largely creating the, being, being the catalysts for that transformation. And it really requires women saying, saying, no, this is not okay. Right, the way that you're exploiting the planet, the way that you're uh, exploiting people, the way that you're um, hurting the environment, the way that you're hurting each other, the way that you're hurting women, the way that you're, the way that you're doing it, all of this, it's not okay. Right. So, and and that that it's 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 anger is the vehicle through which that gets communicated. Right. So. Again, that's that's the kind of big picture of 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 a very appropriate anger in in a, we'll call it a feminine a feminine rage or the feminine anger. Um, that doesn't even begin to address though the second question or the really I'm sorry the really the first question right why a woman's anger doesn't need to make sense mm -hmm. <laughs> to a man. Um, but but I, I think it's really important to to, to speak to that first. Um, because that anger does make sense. That anger is very, very understandable and, and logical even and appropriate and necessary. And I want both women and men watching this to hear that. Um, so, but, but there's that other question that we could dive into if you'd like to go there now, if there's anything else that you wanna share on this first part. Well, it is fascinating with that when you, when you send a topic, I wasn't sure where it was going to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But it makes so much sense the way you're saying it, the whole yeah. aspect of like anger help you to awaken. And yes. it's true. When we really look at the emotion of anger, it's a very beautiful, powerful emotion that helps us to connect with ourselves. One, I feel like it's not... Um, I don't think it's like a negative emotion, but it's actually a wake up call emotion to help yeah. you wake up. And anger actually, the the chemistry of anger, I feel like 
you can feel in your whole body. So it's an emotion that helps you to connect with your internal body and your internal temperature and become become focused in that present moment of what's happening in your life. And uh, well think about it like now, now it makes sense why you you know the title, the whole thing. I'm like I'm putting all this together. <laughs> like it makes sense. Well and think about it like this. Like if you have a child if you have a little boy and he has a fork and he's about to stick it in a light socket, speaking politely to him is not going to get his attention. Cute mm -mm. himself. Anger is what, whoa, it gets his attention. It, as you said, it refocuses so it stops him from doing. You know what, what, what mankind is doing right now, what men over and over and over, what we're doing is we're constantly sticking forks in the light sockets. That's what we're doing constantly. We're poisoning ourselves. You know, in our, in, our, in our racism, in our prejudices, in our sexism, in our politics, in the way we make money, we're fork, you know, fork in the outlet, fork in the outlet constantly. That's anger. You know, th there's a big difference between being angry because I'm hurt and being angry because you're hurting yourself and I want you to stop. Right? There's a huge difference in that anger. Right? Yes. And, 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 and that's a skill, learning how to... Um, as a parent, you do it pretty, you can do it much easier because you realize this child doesn't know what they're doing, right? You know that, oh, I got to use anger to kind of teach them. Well, again, so many, and I'm just going to speak, you know, in heterosexual terms, but so many men, we're just like that little boy. We don't know what the hell we're doing. We're sticking a fork into the socket. But what happens is a lot of women are expressing, and it's, again, this is not a condemnation, it's very understandable, but when women are expressing their anger because I'm hurt, it's hard for men to hear that because men are in their own hurt, mm. right? Everyone's in their own kind of self-centered hurt and we're, none of us are hearing each other. And, and so, you know, uh, it, 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 it's a skill that we can learn how to offer anger. I say offer anger, it's an offering to get that attention when you see your man sticking his, you know, fork in a socket, you know, he's, let's see, he's not living up to his potential. He's not showing up for the, for, for the relationship. He's checked out emotionally. Maybe he's using alcohol. Maybe he's using porn. Guarantee you someone watching this video, you're either a man who's addicted to porn or, or you you're with a man who is, or who uses porn or that's, I mean, that's such a huge problem these days. And if that affects our intimacy, I had that experience, that it doesn't serve him to keep doing whatever he's doing. And you can see that, your feminine wisdom, you can feel the pain that he's numbing out to. And your anger can be his wake-up call. And I know a lot of men don't want that wake-up call, not on, not on the surface, but their soul is aching for that wake-up call, right? And so if you can learn to communicate, to offer your anger as an offering for his waking up versus as a demand for to take care of me, right? Those are two very different ways of expressing anger. That, that offering can be much more effective in, in serving the awakening of that, of that man and therefore your relationship. You know, you, having what you, the deep connection you really yearn for, if, it, if your anger is offered in the, in the way of just, hey, you're not taking care of me, usually what you're going to get back is, well, fuck you, that's not my job. You take care of you. 
you know, you're a strong woman, you're a grown, you know, you kind of, you know, you get that sort of resistance, right? That makes sense? Yeah, if you, when you just said that, it just remind me um, of a cartoon, a comic cartoon that said, uh, it talked about women, right? On uh, an aspect that uh, we have, like you said, we have embodied this aspect of creating state for stuff from a masculine perspective. So now we all women walking around say, I don't need a man. You know, yeah. I can take myself. I don't need you. I don't need you. Yeah. I, I can do everything. Yeah. And we don't let the man masculinity really being offering a service to the feminine, right? Mm -hmm. So this cartoon was saying um, something happened that she needed, uh, she needed help. And all of a sudden said, she said like, Oh shit! I am uh, I'm a strong and powerful woman. Oh fuck! <laughs> so right. it is just uh, like we have been living this time. We even women, we just don't allow the masculine energy to be of service. That's right. By being the the man, the masculine, be strong and you know being present. That's right. And, and that's actually, that's very important though. It's very important that women have developed that capacity, but most women in, in kind of society at large, we've sort of stopped there and that's not the end of the story, right? It's a really healthy thing, but there's another stage. There's a, there's a step beyond that. And that's where from that place of independence where you don't need a man, I think it's really healthy that a woman gets that she doesn't need a man. But now from that place, that's, that's the launching point from which now you can allow yourself to receive a man, his, mm. his, whatever that looks like, his presence, his help, his whatever, whether it means him paying for dinner or, or just him, you know, holding you while you cry or whatever, right? Just listening. Um, that's really important. That's this dance of intimacy that, that we don't do in the 50-50 dynamic. Again, the 50-50 dynamic, we're both kind of, you know, we're just sort of the same. And there's a lot of friction that happens in that place because, um, you know, th there's no polarity. And there's usually, they're just like, there's two masculine people, button heads, or kind of two feminine people, and nothing's going, this relationship ain't going anywhere, you know? And, and so what we're really what's really the opportunity that we have here is from that place of independence to now move into interdependence where we allow ourselves again to rely on each other to do this dance and and this is where again anger comes up again right and anger can be a whole different we can we can be with anger in a very different capacity now from this place of interdependence right um, and I'm about to segue into this new new topic. Are we ready to do that? Sure. Yeah. Um, before that, um, yeah. When you're talking about the 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 aspect of of being dependent, I also feel like many people, you know, especially many women, coming from like what I've served and helping with women and working with women. Sometimes we feel like when we create this aspect of like I don't need a man. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so independent and all yeah. that stuff, which it hurts us in like a very deep emotional level and intimate level. Mm -hmm. It comes from a place of fear. It does not come from a place of being in your power and being in your true essence. It comes from a place of 
of really fear because I need to be independent because I know I cannot count on anybody else. Or I need to be, uh, I don't need a man because many men have failed me in my life. So we create this aspect of we don't need a man anymore in our life because we are afraid and we have been, um, you know what I mean? Like we have been. Well, absolutely. Well, you're doing that in response to codependence. So this is the first stage out of codependence. So in, in, in codependent relating, here's what we do. And you can think of it like when we're born as babies, we're completely dependent on a caretaker, on our parents, somebody to love us, right? If they don't love us, we will literally die. At least feed us, pay attention to us. Don't leave us in the bushes alone somewhere. Like we literally require affection, attention, care and feeding, touch, or we'll physically perish. Now, we spend the first 15 years of our lives growing up in that psychological kind of understanding. Like our nervous system gets tuned to really getting, like, if I don't get love, I'm going to die, right? And then we take that and go into our intimate relationships. We do adult relationships, and we have that same kind of nervous system attuning. Our psychology is like, if you break up with me, it feels like death. Right? If you don't love me, if you don't show up for this relationship, if you don't choose me, oh, it feels like I'm going to die. And so what happens is that's codependence. And we're all, you know, we're basing our, you know, it's the whole you complete me culture, right? That I'm going to find someone who completes me, which means if they leave me, then all of a sudden I'm broken again. I'm half of what I am, right? feels like death. And so we're completely putting responsibility for our well-being on our partner's shoulders and no human being can ever live up to that and that's codependence so you have men that are basically telling women hey be easier don't be so emotional you're too much you know you're such a pain in the ass or you too you know can you stop you know make this easy for me is what men are generally saying to women right that's their codependence and, and whereas women are in their codependence, women are saying, you know, can't you just do relationship more? Can't you just come closer? I, I want to feel connected to you more. Can't you just show up more? Can't you just be kinder? Can't you try harder? Et cetera, et cetera. That's their codependence. And so, you know, we, we do this nasty little cycle in that codependence that just leaves everyone dissatisfied. And so women are generally the first to emerge out of that because women um, in the power balance of things, women have had less power in that in that codependency, in that dynamic. And so women are are the first to leave that dynamic and say, no more. I am not going to let a man tell me what to do. I'm not going to let a man diminish me. I'm not going to let a man uh, have more power than me. I'm going to take my power. So, so the first part of that kind of comes with a fuck you. I don't need a man. Right? That's a very natural response to that codependent insanity. Right? I don't need a man. Men are just men just want to control you and tell you what to do and they can't, you know, whatever. It's all criticism. <clears throat> right? And it is. It is hurtful, but it's necessary in, in the evolutionary journey out of codependence. It really does. So so the you know, there's a motto of codependence and and that is I need you to be a certain way so I can be happy. 
that's codependence. And when a woman is saying, I don't need a man, what she's really saying is, I don't want to have to depend on a man anymore to be happy. Right? And eventually, if she keeps doing her inner work and confronting her fear, because you're absolutely right, that's coming from a place of fear. I, the fear of every man I've ever interacted with really treated me terribly, and I'm not doing that again. And it's the fear of surrendering again to relationship because that's going to happen again, right? And so what this stage two uh, experience is kind of independent mind emerges, and this is really healthy. And I went through this myself after a relationship with, the, with my that Latin woman. I was militant. Lucia, after that relationship, because I felt like I tried all kinds of ways to make her happy, and it never worked. Right? I was militant when I got out of that relationship. I literally said these words and I had no concept of, of, of these stages and codependence and interdependence. I had no concept of that, but I literally said these words. I am not going to be responsible for anyone else's happiness. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to make anyone responsible for mine. It's the same way of saying, I don't need a woman. Like I don't need, right? It's like, I don't need a partner. I got me. If, if someone can't be happy with me as they are, then I don't need you. Make sense? So it's, it's very militant at first. But over the years, as I do, keep doing my, my own transformational work and confronting my own fears and seeing my own stuff and why I was choosing codependence, you know, all that relaxes. And, and, and through that inner work, I'm able to really understand and, and come to see my own wholeness, that I am whole and complete in myself that I have the universe in me. I have both masculine and feminine energies. I have all the emotions in me. I have masculine capacities to, to succeed. I am a, a, a complete container. And there's this part of me that yearns to love. Like who I am actually is love. I have so many gifts to offer, right? And in the recognition of that, it's like, that, that desire to do intimacy again, to partner with a woman, really begins to emerge and it becomes, um, uh, you know, Tony Robbins says that, that, that intimate relationships magnify emotions. That's why we do them, right? They magnify an experience. And, and you're right, the reason you know, women in their deep feminine nature have so much emotional expression to offer and an intimate relationship is the container within which you get to do that all of it right and so it's natural that yearning and the feminine value of the, to connect it's natural to want to express that and and to do that with a with a partner is is, is literally divine it's the union of masculine and feminine yin yang it's, we experience our own divinity so you're very right. It's very natural that we yearn for that. Um, but I, I really just want to underscore that that independent stage is, is very, it's actually, it's very, it's, it's important. Right. And if, if women, women watching this are kind of in that place, good on you, but it's not the end of the story. There's a third stage. There's a, there's a new, um, you know, I said the motto of the first stage is, is uh, uh, I need you to, to make me happy. 
the motto of the second stage of independence is, I don't need you and I don't want you to need me either. Mm -hmm. right? Let's not need each other because when that, it sucked. So no more needing. But now the third stage, I mean, there, there emerges this new, from that place of independence, now there emerges this new consciousness. And it's, the, it, it's built on the, the recognition that I don't need, but I can allow myself to want. Now I can enjoy the wanting. I want a woman. I want a man. And I'm okay with my wanting. I don't need, but I love my wanting. And, and that's the place within which now we can really do an exquisite dance with another human being because, you know, a lot of, a lot of women I know will believe that um, if they were in their feminine energy, they're going to get abused. Like yes. feminine, being feminine means being weak. And if I'm feminine, that men are going to just attack me and abuse me, and it's going to be terrible. And um, in the first stage, yeah, it is. In that codependent feminine, absolutely, it is. It's, you're going to be abused because you're not going to stand up for yourself. You have no masculine energy to, to, to work with. You have no independence. You're completely dependent on validation, connection, uh, support, love from outside of you right so you're right however as we move through these stages and really find you know the, the there's a lot of self-love talk these days and that is the stage of independence learning how to love yourself to take care of yourself to not need someone else to do that for you because from that platform from that foundation now wow now we can show up in our and give our love from our fullness to another human being rather than that, that stage one, you know, take love because we're empty. Right? So that's why I step, this, this, progress, this, this step is so important. I can't emphasize that enough. But it's just not the end of the story. Mm. I'm, I'm aware that I'm talking a lot. You explain it so beautifully. Thank you. And I took notes. <laughs> Everyone must take notes. Every time we do an interview here on the Take Everything TV, I have my book of notes, and you must have your book of notes. And review them all the time. So what's coming up for you as I'm sharing all of that? It is just um, it's just fascinating the last stage that you mentioned. Um you know, the first stage is the codependency, uh, which many of us had been in, especially a child. It's understandable for a child and adolescent. But, you know, like you mentioned before about the rituals, unfortunately in our society in the past decade, we have now have rituals that help us to go from the childhood in ritual into embrace the adulthood and the maturity of ourselves. So I feel like the ritual of becoming independent in a very uh, um, nature and like mature way, um, I, I lost the word, has been lost. But now the stage of, um, you know, being independent in the mind, I don't need you, I don't want you to need me. It's still kind of stage of like, it's still a lot of emotional pains too. 
right? Because come from that evolution of like, I've been codependent and this and this sucks. I distill this emotional uh, work that needs to be done to really uh, let go of and move into the conscious wanting. And I love the aspect that you mentioned about wanting because that's the last stage, right? Like, I don't know what the title of that stage you call it, but I, I, I put it conscious wanting, you know, that you love your wanting and you love that that's desire nice. that you have. That's a beautiful name for it, conscious wanting. Yeah. And what I love about that is that, you know, when, you know, you have so many people talked about uh, the empower wordings and like, and a lot of people against the wanted. And, you know, they have this whole aspect of like the love attraction, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the whole mm-hmm. philosophies that wanting mm-hmm. is bad, that you should yeah. not be wanting something. Yeah, yeah. And, and and when That's you insane. mentioned about the wanting, I was having this internal conflict with the wanting because even though that um, some people, you know, some philosophy talks about uh, when you want something because you don't have it. So now you want something because you don't have it. And now the universe, you know, the whole sense. I know, it, I know it very well. Yes. So it, when you talk mm-hmm. about the wanting, it can create some kind of conflict some people or some viewers and that's why I put the conscious wanting because it is the wanting that you love the wanting that you know it comes from your essence and it you know we're human and we use words to define uh sometimes to speak our soul language and our soul cannot speak oh, yeah. sometimes and the only word that can resonate sometimes is the wanting but is that that when you mentioned when you talk about it, I melt into that whole concept because I mm-hmm. felt the, the energy of it. I felt yeah. the motion of that desire and that essential yeah. desire of, of yeah. being in and manifest the one, you know, being in that relationship and, and, and just manifesting it. It's like, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain it, but it's the energy of, yeah. of these blissful, playful, wanting that I- is conscious. I heard a, a, a teacher, a woman teacher once, she stated this beautifully. She, it was actually, I, I heard her, she was answering a question from a man. And by the way, this is a very masculine concern, wanting, like we shouldn't want anything. We should be very stoic, have no emotion. This is the domain of the masculine. This is kind of a masculine insanity. Like desire is bad, right? Um, that's, again, that's kind of more of a masculine consciousness. And I heard a, a, a woman spiritual teacher say once in response to a man asking her that question, and, and we were at a big gathering and she was taking questions from the audience and, and the man brought this up, like, you know, isn't, isn't wanting bad? And she said to him, I remember these words. She said, well, you have to realize that your wanting brought you here. And this is the words she used. I'll never forget this. So beautiful. She said, the feast is in the longing. The feast of life is in our longing, right? The feast, the, the, the food, the abundance of life, the richness of experience is in our desiring, right? And again, I love these three stages and, and, and I've, I've, you know, I've, I've, 
I'm a student of David Data's work, and he talks a lot about these three stages. And my interpretation is probably different than his. But in that first stage, we're we're not just wanting, we're needing. Like if we don't get it, we're gonna we, we're in pain. We hate our lives. We hate ourselves and and other people. Right? That's very unhealthy. That's that's not just wanting. That's that's fear-based scarcity thinking. That if I don't get it. I'm somehow have no value, right? That's, that's the stuff that we're really wanting to work out of. That, we know that doesn't serve, right? That just perpetuates everything we don't like about civilization, the consumer society, you know, using each other, exploiting the environment, all that stuff comes out of that needing, right? So, but as we, again, do our work, our inner growth work, our, our spiritual work, as we learn to love ourselves and see ourselves as whole and complete human beings that I don't actually need your validation to be validated. I'm valid. My existence is valid, whether or not you agree, <laughs> whether or not you, you reciprocate that, right? Once we get that, we come to that, that place we're still human once we get there, right? We don't, we don't all of a sudden not be human anymore. So our desires, our longings, our drives, all of that is still present. Now we just get to have fun with it. Now we get to, you know, we can recognize when is that coming from fear and when is it coming from just joy and enthusiasm? You know, it's like, I mean, making love can come from a place of fear, you know, I can use women because I feel empty or I can make love with my woman because I am so full of, 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 of desire and attraction and, and she's so delicious and we can have that experience. And that is beautiful for both of us. Whereas this part over here, I'm just using a woman for her body because I, I don't feel good about myself and I'm trying to, you know, get some self-esteem points. That doesn't feel good to anybody. Right? That's the difference between the needing and the, and the allowing myself to want. Right? So conscious wanting, I really love the way that you language that. The, 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 the term kind of commonly used is interdependence. Uh, David Data calls it intimate communion. Right? Uh, Lucia Gabriela calls it uh, conscious wanting. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. I really love that because that's really what it is. And, and see, that, that's so powerful because in that place, like I was saying earlier how, how particularly women think that being feminine means, means you know, if I'm feminine, men are going to take advantage of me. If I'm nurturing, if I give what I want to give, men are just going to take. They're just going to abuse me and take and they're going to take me for granted and all that. And I say, bullshit, when you are really connected to your feminine essence and allowing your wanting, but on a foundation of knowing you don't need, no man will ever take advantage of you. He can't possibly, because you won't stand for it. The moment you feel that your wanting is being violated or the moment that you feel a violation that you're being used in some way, you're wanting, you're allowing yourself to want and knowing you don't need, will immediately change your course. You will not keep doing, you will not keep interacting with that man or you'll use anger to wake his ass up. 
to what he's doing, right? If he's using your body sexually, I mean, this can happen in long-term marriages. You know, a, a husband can just kind of fall into the pattern of using his wife for his shallow pleasure, and she can fall into the pattern of letting him because it's just easier than dealing with the commotion. I mean, that, you know, notice how both people are conspiring to create that, and that's both that codependent neediness. Like, he needs her to just give him what he wants, and she needs him to just keep going along with the, with the, with the program. You know, let's, I don't, you know, she needs him to not be angry at her, for example, or whatever the, whatever the need is, but we're both in our neediness. And that's where, you know, unhealthy relationships, that's how they get created. Cause we're both ironic. We're both in our neediness mm-hmm. and, and we haven't really found our, our independence yet and, and, and learned how to then practice conscious wanting. Right, conscious wanting means you're actually willing to not get what you want. You're willing to not get what you think you need. Right, that's really what it means to consciously want. Um, one of my one of my teachers uh, said something years ago that I thought was brilliant. Um, Byron Katie, she said, "Just because a man has an erection doesn't mean we need to do anything with it." Mm-hmm. And as a man, that really spoke to me because I realized how much I had been programmed to that, you know, sexuality is something you have to do something about either suppress it or express it, but don't just be with it, you know, get it out of the body. If whether that means, you know, masturbate it out or fuck it out or just, you know, cut it out. And that is so unhealthy. Yeah. I mean, that's where porn addiction arises. That's where, where, sex addiction arises. That's where disconnected sex can come from. That's where, you know, also not showing up with masculine presence comes from because I'm scared to show up with my full masculine presence because that is a, that is a very, that is a sexual presence. That is a strong, powerful, polarity-creating presence. And the, the cultivating the ability to be with the sexuality without needing to do anything with it, to just be with it, that's fucking powerful. Like, wow, right? That is conscious masculine presence. It's just acknowledging uh, here I am. I am all of me from my sexuality to, to my whatever, um, to my sensuality, to my listening, to just my, my presence. That's the most powerful man in any room, truly. Yeah. And when they, uh, when society make a man to shut down and disconnect from their, you know, the genitals, like direction, it is truly painful for a, for men and the relationship itself because Absolutely. it is so easy to disconnect and it is harder to reconnect. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's like yesterday I was watching a, a movie. I just couldn't go to sleep or whatever. And it was a, called The Concubine from, it was Asian movie and it had subtitles. But it shared the story that in Asian times right now, it's China, I think it was China, Korea, they used to cut the men penis mm. if they were going to be some kind of servants to the crown. Yes. Because they didn't want the men to 
have aroused her and That's all right. that sexual drive and and if you know for any of the women of the wife of the <clears throat> the king or anything like that and that way they preserve some kind of like it, it was just fascinating when i was watching it because some men you know something uh episode happened where you know the king asked, oh, are you aroused? And they check the men's penises. Mm -hmm. And they think that because they didn't have a penis, that they were not aroused. And they shouldn't mm -hmm. be having that wanting desire of sexuality. Mm -hmm. And it was fascinating to see that. It's mm -hmm. like, and when we look at today in our life society, that happened with with a lot of men. They, they, don't, they don't have that connection with their penis and, you know, in the form uh, yeah. with their body. And their sexuality and their arousal and right. it's so beautiful just like i say some of my uh, women clients right like yeah. just even eating in arousal allow yourself to be in that arousal stage yes. and just being it and yeah for women it's easier for me to be go to dinner and be in my arousal stage yeah. and and be that but for men it's hard because you know yeah they get erected and oh bad society is so bad so bad yeah yeah well and certainly i mean women also i mean you've been shamed for your being aroused as well but yeah we've all been shamed uh i actually had a a friend of mine called me last night a really close friend of mine for many years and and he's he was married for a long time and he's now divorced and he's he's exploring he's dating for the first time really in his adult life he's in his 40s and he's his sexuality is 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 present and he's you know, starting to, he, he, I think he had his first sexual experience with a woman, not his wife. And, and he's navigating, uh-oh, what do I do? I don't want to be a guy. I don't want to be that dick that just uses women. How do I do this? Like, what do I do? I mean, is it, and I, and I, and I, I reminded him, man, look at all the shame that you're running into right now. at Brown just being a sexual person. Right. I mean, this is what any thoughtful, sensitive man is going to have picked up the message that we should be ashamed of being sexual. You know, in men's work, so I, I uh, co-facilitate a men's program called the New Masculine Program. And one of the things that we do in that program, it's exclusively for men, is we reconnect with our balls. I mean, we really, you know, the, the, a powerful man, most men are just either living uh, from their brain or their balls, one of the two, right? It's the joke, like, you know, you can't have blood in both your brain and your balls at the same time, right? Well, a truly powerful, integrated man is a man that his brain, heart, and balls are connected all at the same time, right? We're living fully connected in our whole body from our balls to our heart and our brain all connected. But most men, we're, we're completely disconnected from our hearts, from love, right? Authentic experiences of love. And we're usually mostly in our brains living in strategy, which is also why we don't understand women's anger because it doesn't make logical sense to us, right? Um, and or then we go into our balls and watch porn or, you know, just have a sexual experience or you know, or take it out on the on the sports playing field. That's where we use our balls a lot. You know, so just there are a few safe domains that, that really in the end, you know, where are women in that? They're not. Women aren't really present. Like your heart isn't present 
where where most men's balls are, right? Same with your brain. You aren't present in relationship. When a man is just doing relationship to serve his balls, there's no woman present. She's just a, she may as well be a doll, a blow up doll, right? Or where just his brain is present. All she is then is a, is a kind of a tool for his own self-satisfaction. Right? The, the, the work for men, and it's, it is, well, it's hard work, but it's heart work. It's about learning to really be in our hearts, to connect to our hearts, to breathe. And, you know, you said connecting is harder than disconnecting. I would, I would suggest that, that actually we're just a lot more practiced at disconnecting. We're trained to disconnect. I'm a military, I was, well, I was a military officer. I received millions of dollars of actual government training that taught me how to disconnect from my heart. It was specifically designed to disconnect my head from my body, right? That's the military, but we get that at college. We get that in culture. We get that in our movies. Everything is kind of designed to, you know, worship the mind, worship the intellect, never mind the heart, and, you know, just use your balls when you need sex. Or you need to score a touchdown, and the, the, you know when there's only a minute left in the game, stuff like that. So, you know, this is really the work I think confronting men is learning how to get out of our our heads, and um, or and stop being completely reliant on our balls or disconnected from our balls, and really, you know, find our hearts again, reconnect to our hearts reconnect our hearts to our brains and our balls. I've said brains, I've said balls a lot during this conversation. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it's important, us men, to be whole and integrated. You know, we're, we're it's, a, it's the trinity, the holy trinity, brain, balls, and heart. <laughs> I love that holy trinity for men. Men, balls, and heart. <laughs> yeah, and that's what a woman wants. A woman wants a man who's integrated in all three. Is that fair to say? I mean, when I say that, what, what, what comes up for you? What happens for you? Yes. It, it is, um, yeah, a man in, 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 in his full present, in his full integrated body, recognizing, uh, recognizing his power in, in, in his, you know, his ball, put it this way, right? Like recognizing the, the infinite power and the, with the connection of the heart, it, 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 you can feel it. Like you can feel men who is, yeah. yeah. And like I said, women crave those men. And that's why I love your work. And I love the work also of Destin. You know, all of you who are, who are doing and helping men in society to reconnect and to remember and to reawaken into the masculine and into the full essence integrating and dancing like you said like dancing with the feminine and the masculine it's yeah. such a beautiful experience I, I love i love i love that's why i'm excited about 2017 because i see many of us coming out and talking about this and becoming more you know now with social media with internet it's helping us to reach out more people yeah, well, and, and we're and we're gonna get to watch what what men, how men lead, 
when they're really disconnected from heart. Mm. Like that's, we just put into power, um, you know, a leadership and it, that's just really disconnected. So I, I, we're going to get to watch how that, that, that works. I mean, I'm talking black and white, nothing's that black and white, but I mean, you know, there's a reason women are, many women are really angry and upset. My mom was in tears after this election. She was, and my mom's a strong, independent woman and she was devastated. Right. I went into depression. <laughs> I mean, I, I am a strong, independent woman. Oh shit. <laughs> but oh, shit. I still have my man up in the door for me, you know, you know, take care of, of me. You know, yeah. in a beautiful way. But after when we learned that morning, I went, I for a month, for a month, mm -hmm. it took me a lot of inner work, a lot of like discovery. I went into, did, I, I, I went into the shadows mm -hmm. and I was like, wow, I could not believe that I went into like depression and nothing yeah. after. I couldn't write, I couldn't, I just couldn't, I wasn't even on social media that much. I was like, ah, oh, fuck everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, I, I think it's very telling that, that the majority vote voted against that, but yet that still won because it's still enough of our consciousness that we like our shadow and our fear, <clears throat> you know, we still, that's still such a big part of our <clears throat> blind spot that, you know, uh, here's life. It's like, we just elected our shadow to lead us yeah, so, that we, we did. So, that, so that we can see that it actually doesn't create what we think it will. That's what I believe yeah. how this is going to play out. We manifested what we don't want to really create what we want. So we that's, can see. that's right. So we can see that it doesn't work. So when it comes back to um, why the anger doesn't have to make sense to you and <laughs> whole new year and the uh, election and the new president and you're talking about women arising and yeah. do you feel like there's going to be more of the conscious anger? <laughs> Well, I think we're going to have a lot of unconscious anger arising, actually. I think, I think we're going to have a lot of fear-based anger. That takes tremendous self-awareness and, and, and practice to offer conscious anger, to consciously be angry. Um, and, and you can tell the difference because, again, unconscious anger is all about my wound. You're hurting me. I'm hurt. Take care of me. Look at me. I can't believe you don't see me. Mm -hmm. Conscious anger is, again, it's kind of like that anger you could relate to it, like directed at a child that's hurting themselves. Right. I mean, and even that can be expressed unconsciously. It's still, I'm afraid to lose you. Right. Versus don't do that because you're hurting yourself and it doesn't serve you. Right, that, that kind of anger, it's different quality of anger. And I think most people are still going to be in that unconscious. That's why the resistance is even that it's just going to be more of the same. You know, that's why the I, I've struggled to really find my own voice around what happened because I don't want to be in the unconscious anger. I don't want to be in the blaming and the look, you know, and the creating sides. I, I, I really want to be in the voice that acknowledges, you know, Donald Trump is just an aspect of my humanity. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, how, how can I communicate from that place and owning that, you know, that's me. So, wow. How do I offer my anger and my upset? How do I offer to, in the service of collective awakening? 
versus just taking it out on, you know, people who are taking away healthcare. You know what I mean? I, I love what you just point out because I, I really love where you're coming from because I see um, that what I had the same kind of like um, call in an aspect of like, what is my response to this? How I'm going to respond it? I'm going to be all crazy because I can bring my whole shadows and my ugly and my Cali and all that stuff, right? Like mm -hmm. God is darkness and all that stuff. And I can bring it and I just vomit into social media and yeah. call memes and hate everyone. Yeah. And my internal wisdom was like, how can I bring this anger and how can I hope to, sh how can I hope with this anger, but how can I help others to be in their empowerment, be yeah. in, how can you make it sweet and sensual and delicious, you know, and how can, you know, it, it, it was a time where many people were like, boom, 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 boom. And some of us, like you said, like you took your time to really act and say, what I'm doing with this anger, how can I be of service? Yeah. And not throw another bomb because we don't need more bombs in here. We need another, Sacred yeah. to evolve. Absolutely, and we, we need to tell the truth. We need to give the feedback that's that we're hurting, that we're scared. That's important, you know. Women, it's is so important that you share what you're experiencing. But the more that you can do that from that kind of third stage, allowing as it's an it's your offering, not your demand, but your offering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. That is what will, I, I believe, and again, because I've seen it in my own experience, I mean, my girlfriend, just, you know, to make it real, when she's upset about something, and when she can <coughs> offer her upset as a as an offering, in other words, she's, she's, you know, and she does this by reminding me, hey, you didn't do anything wrong, and you don't have to fix anything, but what just happened really hurt me. I'm hurting right now. I'm in pain. Right. And she can when she can give me her experience and remind me that I didn't do anything. I'm not a bad person. She's not against me. You know, she's not questioning my character. She's not demonizing me um, because when she does those things and look, her, she's human. She's will sometimes. It's really hard for me to hear her. When I'm when when she's demonizing me. And I have to now be in my own, confront my own shame and confront my own resistance. Like, whoa, I, I can't, right? I can't, it's much harder for me. I'm in the practice of learning how to hear beneath her, beneath those, but yeah, I mean, this doesn't happen often. I mean, she's amazing, but it happens. So again, though, her capacity, and that's, again, her independence is what makes that possible. When she realizes that I'm, you know, Brian is who he is and he's going to be that way and I love him and I don't need him to be different. But I'm going to offer when I see him, when I see him disconnected, when I see him not feeling me, when I see him checking out of the relationship or it, it could just be in a moment and I feel it, I'm going to offer that to him to wake him up. Does that make sense? Makes sense. I have a question. Two questions here before we uh, wrap it up because yeah. you're so generous with your time and I appreciate you uh, in the aspect of anger. First question is, how can a man um, interact with a woman 
that is not even there and is kind of like awareness of consciousness or inner, you know, in the interdependent, you know, it's not even there. And she it can use the anger to destroy. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I deal with that? And what would you, <laughs> uh-huh. what would you advise? Or because it's very difficult to advise this kind of thing, but like, what can men do? Because not many women are in the consciousness like you are and I, I like where we like do so much inner work 24 seven and we actually looking our reflections every single day in the mirrors and the shadows and, and loving ourselves. Not everybody's there. So if a man is in a relationship already who he's doing his work, but she's not there, what can he do? Another question that I have is for women, how can we women express our anger in a constructive way where we're not being destructive? Because there's yeah. a different, like you said, in the consciousness yeah. of anger, yeah. where, I mean, you know, for example, my partner, he lately he has been addicted to his video game on his phone. <laughs> and of course, mm-hmm. angers me sometimes because, like you said, I'm like, come on, like, what is your life purpose? What is, he's what is not he- being, that's right, he's not being present. He's not present in your relationship in that moment. And, you know, I've come to anger and I have become, you know, discover and exploring how can I be playful anger and how can I play with it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not many women are there. And, yeah. and what can a woman, how can a woman truly show an anger that is constructive and is not going to be humiliating and destructive to the men? And the well, 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 those are two big questions that we took to properly unwrap, we'd have to we'd have to talk for another hour. So okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer them quickly. And then the first one that you asked, essentially, how can a man be with a woman who is just completely in that stage one, who only can use her anger to destroy and cut down? And and um, uh, most most men cannot be with that kind of anger. I can't be with that kind of anger. It's I struggle to be with when my girlfriend shows up with that kind of anger and it's tame. What she does when she's in that mode is tame compared to what I've experienced with other women. But it's still that same energy. It's really hard for me to deal with it. It's really hard for me to be with it because that 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 energy just triggers the same in me. It, it triggers the same, whoa, it comes out like a fuck you. Well, what comes out of me is, well, fuck you back, right? That's kind of the initial dynamic that's set up. So, you know, um, if that's what's happening all the time, if a man, you're really doing your work and she's not, why are you still with her? What are you trying to teach yourself? I would just invite you to sit with that question. What are you, what, what are you trying to learn through this situation? Right. And are you ready to learn it? So you don't have to repeat it again. You don't have to keep doing it. Right. So, you know, just a question to consider, not saying you should leave, because obviously if you're staying, then you have more to learn here. So, and again, that was me 10 years ago, what you kind of, what you described, but I had so much to learn. That's why I stayed. Right. So that's question number one. Question two, how can you offer anger? I'll make it simple. It's the difference between feedback and criticism, right? Criticism essentially tells him what you're doing is wrong. Right. Criticism essentially says, I have more direction than you do. So criticism is very emasculating because it's basically you saying, hey, I'm more masculine than you. 
I know how to do this. I know what you should be doing. I'm your, or, or, it, or it makes you his mommy, right? Neither of those are very enjoyable to either one of you, right? That's criticism. Criticism is all about what you're doing that doesn't work, that you need to do differently. Feedback, however, is this is the experience I'm having in the midst of all this, right? So feedback, and, and as a, just an actual tool that I encourage, uh, teach women to use, is you can actually use these words. Um, and again, me and my girlfriend are in this practice. You can use the words, hey, you're not doing anything wrong. You have every right to live how, how you choose to live. If you wanna spend your life playing video games, you, I, you, you really have that right. But I want you to know, I feel terrible in the presence of it. I, I don't feel you. I don't feel connected to you, it hurts me, right? It's, it's, it makes me sad. Also, I, I see a man with so much potential and it, it saddens me to think that you know, you could be doing these other things and you're choosing not. And again, you have every right to not cho to choose, you, you know, live how you want and you have that freedom. So what you're doing is you're acknowledging his, his masculine value of freedom. But you're also giving him notice that I'm not, I may not hang around long if this continues. So you're, you're, you're basically, you're becoming the invitation for him to show up rather than demanding that he show up. Huge difference. No masculine person is going to respond well to your demand. But every masculine person on some level is very attuned to your invitation. And, and you know, a lot of times it's unfortunate, but, but a lot of men have to lose the relationship. They have to lose their girlfriend or their wife in order to finally wake up and realize, oh, shit, she was serious. Or what I was ignoring, I shouldn't have ignored. Right? Because, again, men in the masculine, we can disconnect from feelings. We can, that's why we go to war. We can, we, can, we can be uncomfortable for a long period of time to kind of accomplish the mission. And the mission might be keep the relationship together or just, you know, don't, don't create a lot of problems for myself, you know, by, by uh, making, you know, just keep things where they are. Keep them static. Right? So I'm going to keep playing my video games. Yeah, okay, she, yeah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to keep, she's not, she's not going to do anything about it. So, I'll, yeah, right? Until he realizes, oh, shit, I'm actually going to lose my heart if I don't wake up and make different choices. Right? But if you tell him what to do, he's just going to be like, hey, fuck you. I can do it. You know, don't tell me what to do. That's the masculine objection. Don't tell me what to do. Does that make sense? Makes sense. So the difference between feedback and criticism. Feedback is essential. You must tell him what you're experiencing. But as a practice, do your best to tell him what you're experiencing without making him wrong. Without making him, you know, like what he's doing is wrong or he should do something different. Does that make sense? 
Makes sense. It's a practice. And and the more you can have fun with it and be playful with it, even the better. But 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 don't dismiss your pain mm-hmm. using humor. Use you know, don't deflect. You know, be really careful about that. If you're hurting, if you're in pain, if this really hurts, it's really important. Because if you use humor and playfulness, he he might he might think you're not serious. Like he really needs to get that this is real for you. This isn't something you're laughing off. Right? He really needs to understand how serious this is, if it's that serious. The only thing that I have with that, and I'm just talking about me, but in general with even um, men and women, is I know that the anger is a wake-up call and also because working with so many men also that they don't they they change their life because they don't want to lose their partners mm-hmm. because of based on that fear it just doesn't feel right to me i don't know it's it i it's like doing something because if you're gonna lose it you know what i mean it, i mean if you don't do it you're gonna lose it well, what you're yearning for, Lucia, is a third stage man. Most men are not third stage men. Most men are very much in their first stage. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're, we're talking about the world at large. Yeah. In a third stage uh, relationship, no, a man shows up because it's his joy. It's his choosing. He's consciously wanting. But most men are not in that place. Most men are starting from the stage one codependent, my needs. I'm just going to do whatever I want. And it doesn't matter if it works for her or she feels good. You know, I can, I can block that out. Right? So he does need to be woken up. He does need to feel that this is serious. So it's not that you're using fear, but it is that fear is a powerful motivator for a stage one man to wake up. Okay. Does that make sense? I mean, it's not the ideal, I get it, but but as we evolve through these stages, then stage three emerges where we're not just operating out of fear, we're, we're playful now. Now the playfulness emerges. Now when my girlfriend gets upset, uh, when we do it well, I can just be playful with it. I'm not I'm not listening because I'm afraid. <gasps> oh, shit. No, I'm like, oh, okay, I know what this is. Oh, yeah, you want to do this? Let's do this. Like, we can play fight. You know, every couple of days, my girlfriend, when things are going really well all the time, my girlfriend will say, she'll give me that look and go, I want to fight. <laughs> and I'll go, I know you do. I, I knew it was coming. You know, and then we'll play fight. We'll make up an argument or something. Because that's, that's how the feminine connects. She connects through emotions and feelings and, you know, life. Right. Yeah. So that's it's playful in that place. We're not with each other. I'm not showing because I'm afraid. But but there but early in our relationship though, we did break up. She we, she ended our relationship for a few weeks because I was stuck in that place. So I'm not, you know, I, I'm on my journey also, you know, and I, I needed that wake up call because I was doing the same thing that men do. She was communicating that she was uncomfortable, things weren't something was off for her, and I was just like, ah, we'll get through it. I was like, yeah, we'll get through it. You know, just work on your stuff. I'll work on mine. We'll get through it. And eventually she was like, done. And she did it with so much respect. She was so honoring of my journey, of my right to, to live how I want, to choose how I want. 
that it just, whoa. And then, and then she walked away. She didn't need me. It was astonishing, but that created the vacuum that created the opportunity for me to wake up and realize I want to choose this woman. And if I'm going to choose her, I got to, I got to be on my game. I got to show up now. I have to really figure out what it means to be in my heart. Right. And that's the practice that I'm in. And she's, I say, I, I like, I love saying my, my girlfriend, she's teaching me how to live everything I know. I already know all this shit, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm a smart dude, but I got to live it. And she's my teacher. I do the same thing with my partner. I'm uh-huh. like, we are talking about relationship and all this stuff. Yeah. And I have to walk my talk. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. We have so much content in this video and I really appreciate for your time and for being so open and vulnerable and sharing so much of your wisdom with us. And I truly, 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 truly appreciate you. How everybody can connect with you and what kind of program or or retreat you have coming up soon. I know that you have something for March 18th. Yes, I do. So it's 2017. I'm doing a lot of live events in Los Angeles. Uh, You can find those on my website, Brian with a Y, brianreeves.com. And uh, I have an audio program there called Love, Sex, Relationship, Magic, which, again, we dive into this stuff. And we talk about more about the three stages and also about masculine and feminine dynamic and how to – how to really move through those three stages and there's tools and practices to help you do that. That's on my website um, and all my blogs. I mean, there's lots of free content there. So really uh, my website and I'm really active on Facebook at Brian Reeves official also, but you can get all that through my website, brianreeves.com, Brian with Y, reeves.com. Thank you so much, Lucia, for doing this. It's been really great talking with you. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. And it's such a nice, beautiful experience and journey to do this interview with you, which is, which I would say that you're definitely in that amazing uh, journey of uh, the whole masculine, that beautiful masculine that we all women, you know, we, we crave and we want and we asking, you know, we asking for more of you to show up and more, more of you mentors to also help our men and our women, you know, help all of us to show up and to live an orgasmic, delicious life. <laughs> Thank you. And, and, and my girlfriend, she is an amazing teacher and she's also, uh, she's been a therapist for many years and she's stepping into coaching and her name is uh, Sylvie Kukassian. And I'm not even going to try to spell that for you, but um, if you can find her, she's on my website too. Yes. Follow her. She's amazing. Yes. And hopefully we can also bring her to our show. So oh, that would be amazing. I'm sure she'd love that. Yeah. Yes. Hook us up. <laughs> oh, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Brian. Again, my love and my, my gratitude to you. And thank you for everyone watching today and watching the recording. And if you like what you've seen here at Lucia Gabriela TV, please subscribe share this video with everyone in your community It's really important topic we have so many golden nuggets here that we really help you in your relationship and your love life so i love you all have a fantastic amazing orgasmic day and live your life fully bye bye